0: The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. If you could learn more
1: about spirituality and how it can work in your favor... Would you be intrigued? Of course you would. It's time to get real. This is Get Real Radio with your host, James Robinson. In our show, we'll interview fascinating guests with the intent of bringing you closer to who you really want to be. Get ready for some of the most profound radio on any airwaves today. Now, here is James Robinson.
2: Welcome to Get Real Radio, I'm your host James Robinson and today we're going to continue with our series of Mastering Your Emotions and it's probably, we're well enough along that everybody will know that mastering your emotions is simply being aware of what's going on with your body being aware of what's going on in your mind and being aware of why you are feeling the way you're feeling, and then being able to just let all of that go through you, to pass through you uh, like the wind blowing through a tree, because we get into trouble many times when we start feeling an emotion and we hang on to it either because we're addicted to pain or we're addicted to suffering or we're addicted to the adrenaline rush or we may be addicted to the pleasure of a good emotion, a positive emotion. And so we don't let these emotions go through us as they would with a healthy person. And mastering your emotions is simply a matter of practice. It's a matter of discipline. And it's a matter of wanting what's best for yourself and getting to know yourself, so that you will know what might happen in any particular circumstance. Today we're going to be talking about the emotion of fear, and it's one of the most pervasive emotions. It uh, has it's interconnected with almost all of the other commotion, uh, emotions, one way or another, and at the very bottom of our psyche, at the very bottom of our subconscious, fear is one of those emotions that actually has a positive purpose. We evolved this emotion over hundreds of thousands or if not millions of years in order to react to stimuli that we perceive could be uh, fatal or a danger or a threat. And so fear is simply the mind's response to danger. It's almost like would a person that has no senses, in other words, they can't perceive anything, they're deaf, dumb, blind, they have no way of knowing what uh, stimulus is, would they ever be afraid? Which is an interesting question. Because if they don't know that something is happening around them that could threaten them or be a danger to them, would they know to be afraid? And so you can start with that premise in that, you know, why do we we feel fear? Why do we uh, experience fear? Why are we afraid? And if we start with the proposition that it all starts in our mind, then we start to understand that we can actually get a handle on this and that we can actually control it rather than be controlled by it. You know, fear can range from anything from low-grade anxiety that just may be mildly discomfort, discomfortable or uncomfortable or to full-blown panic that is overwhelming. Fear is both a learned condition In other words, we learn to be afraid, as well as an instinctive trait that we have evolved over, as I said, thousands and thousands of years. Fear is not a bad thing. In fact, it's one of the primary ways that we survive, because we see something that we know could be dangerous, and our fear response oftentimes will get us out of there or can change our environment or change our thinking or change something so that we don't end up uh, dying. It has helped us survive over countless millennia. The problem is, is that fear is a chain reaction in our brain that starts with what we perceive to be a stressful stimulus and ends with the release of chemicals that causes oftentimes involuntary physical reactions, such as racing heart or fast breathing or shallow breathing, uh, tingling or energized muscles. We get into something that we've talked about several times on this show, and that is the fight-or-flight response, which is a response that comes from a part of our brain that's the most ancient and primitive parts of our brain. And so it could almost be concluded that fear is in a part of our brain that is our most ancient, ancient parts of ourselves, so that we've been living with this for so many centuries and thousands and thousands of years. It's very difficult to get to a place where we are not afraid anymore. The issue is, what kind of stimulus creates fear? Now, it's easy to see that if somebody pointed a gun at your head, or if they came at you with a knife, or you know, told you that something terrible uh, was about to happen, and you believed that story, that we would have a fear response. If you walk down a dark alley at night and you know that that's a high crime area, it may be a good idea that you might have a fear response and turn around and go back. However, when we start looking at stimulus that is not physically life-threatening, but is simply something that is emotionally or mentally challenging or threatening, and that causes a fear response, then we start losing control over this emotion. Remember that fear can save our life, but it also, if it's uncontrolled, can ruin our life. I was talking to a very close friend recently and they were telling me the story that they were going into a room with their three-year-old nephew and the room was dark, the light was off. And my friend said, oh no, aren't you afraid? And the little nephew said, why? Because he had not learned, nobody had taught him that it's scary to go into a dark room. And that's such a priceless story because it shows the way that we can be programmed into being afraid. So we have to look at what are we afraid of and why are we afraid of. Sometimes we are afraid for legitimate reasons. In other words, I was just in a car accident that totaled my car and I was, didn't know what to do while my car was spinning down the interstate, hitting bridges here, cars there. And it was, you know, I couldn't breathe. My chest was tight. I was locked up. And there was absolutely nothing I could do because I was totally petrified. But once the car came to a stop, the physical fear. Would normally have dissipated. But that's when the mental and emotional fear kicked in, such as, was I, uh, you know, could I afford a car wreck? What am I going to do for another car? How am I going to deal with that? Did I hurt anybody in this car wreck? Did somebody get injured when I hit them? Or feeling, you know, feeling the fear of, oh, I'm going to get a ticket. I've done something wrong, and in fact, it was just a matter of the weather and the road conditions that caused my car to go out of control, but still, I experienced a high level of fear and anxiety after the physical threat went away, so there's so much involved in physical pain that leads to emotional pain that leads to mental pain, that's it's all caused by fear. Now, the physical side of things is this. our We sense something. In other words, we perceive that there's something that's going to hurt us. There's a danger to us. And that information goes to a part of our brain called the thalamus, which takes that information and relays it to our sensory cortex. And then it goes to our hypothalamus for analysis. So you've got different parts of the brain looking at different aspects of the perception that there's danger. Danger, Will Robinson, danger. And if the threat is perceived, if after all of this processing goes on and we perceive a danger then the hypothalamus initiates hormone secretions, and that's why we get into the fight-or-flight syndrome. These hormones have been evolved over thousands and thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of years, to keep us safe. And so when we perceive threat, we either strike back or we run away. That's all hormones at work. The thing is that this happens almost instantly. It's all subconscious. It's not a conscious thought process at all. We perceive the threat and then we react to it. That's just how our brains work. Now, fear comes in when we perceive the threat, whether it's real or not. And that's where the mastery of this emotion comes in. When we perceive a threat, our conscious mind has the ability to decide, is this real or is this an illusion? Is this something that has actually happened or is this something that we're afraid is going to happen? For example, say you're working at a company and there's a rumor going around that there's going to be massive layoffs. So what do we do? if you have a fear response to that rumor which may not be true you're going to fear you're going to experience fear because of something that might happen in the future and that's where we get into the problems that fear can cause in our lives because the fear is generated from our imagination is based on something that may or may not have happened on the past And it's projected into what might happen into the future, and we're screwed because who are they going to look at to let go? Who are they going to look at to fire? And if you're sitting there panicking because you're afraid that you may be fired, even though you have no evidence that that might happen, there's no rational reason for you to feel that way, your job performance will probably suffer, and guess what? You get the pink slip. So, this is how fear creeps into our lives and creates suffering and problems because we don't have the ability, we're not trained to recognize the difference between real danger and illusions and future danger. Because if we're not properly trained, our brain's going to react the same way to whether it's real or imaginary. And we could walk around in a panic state most of the time because we see something that reminds us of something else. We heard one time about our our parents talk about, or my parents talk about the Great Depression and how poor everybody was. And so my parents lived in constant fear that they were going to lose their money, which was kind of funny because they were... They had more money than God. But their fear was still there. It still caused the panic. Whenever the stock market went up and down, my father would go into either a panic or a great celebration. And it was all based on something that was in his mind. So when we look at our lives and we could have this low grade anxiety which i've had most of my life and until i started mastering my emotions i couldn't understand why i was had trouble sleeping or i couldn't understand why i was nervous all the time i couldn't understand why my palms were sweaty i you know one you know sometimes it's because of an imaginary fear such as fear of public speaking I was a trial lawyer for many years, and I had to get up and give public speaking engagements. And I can remember when I first started doing that, when I was a nervous wreck. And I had to get up in front of a room of 500 people and give a talk on something, even though I was very familiar with the subject and I really didn't have to read my notes because it was almost second nature. My fear of peaking, uh, getting up in front of people would drench me in sweat, would make me stammer and stutter. I felt like I was leaving my body and was embarrassing my family and friends. And I would actually take my coat off afterwards and you could see the sweat stains on my jacket or my suit coat. So I learned to wear dark colors when I talked in public. So fears are separated between rational fears and irrational fears. Rational fears are... Things like fear of pain, uh, fear of stepping out in front of a bus, fear of putting your hand into a fire, uh, fear of falling off a roof, which I've done several times, fear of jumping out of a perfectly good airplane, or fears that result from circumstances that would have a high degree of harm or danger. So you, you, can, you get the drift, you understand that there are fears that are the, uh, justified, it's valid to be afraid in those circumstances because they're life-threatening. But how about all the other times we feel afraid? Irrational fears would be like my fear of public speaking. There's the fear of failure, the fear of rejection and abandonment, fear of being alone, Fear of walking into a dark room that you know is perfectly safe. These fears involve stimuli that aren't necessarily physically dangerous, but it triggers something in our mind. It triggers a memory. Maybe it's a memory of a movie that caused us to be afraid. Think back uh, to some of the horror movies that you've seen or some of the terror movies that you've seen and see if those affected how you live your life. I can remember when Jaws came out and there was this great problem at the beach resorts because they experienced a real decline in people coming to the beach because having seen the movie Jaws, they didn't want to go swimming in the ocean because they were afraid they were going to be eaten by a shark even though No sharks have been seen in those beaches since the beginning of time. Irrational fears are just simply your mind screwing with you. And if we can understand that, we can start to control our fear and start using fear for the purposes that God gave us fear, and that is to keep us safe from physical threats Fear is not supposed to keep us petrified that we're going to lose our job. Fear is not supposed to make us afraid of being in a relationship or losing a relationship. Fear is not supposed to keep us in panic because we don't know what is going to happen next. You know, in 2005, they did a Gallup poll, and they asked a bunch of teenagers what their Top fears were, and here were some of the answers terrorist attacks, spiders, death, failure, war, heights, violence, being alone, the future, and nuclear war. Now, some of those are obviously irrational fears. However, some of them are rational fears. It's a good thing to be afraid of war. It's a good thing to be afraid of crime and violence. It's a good thing to be afraid of terrorist attacks, as remote as they used to be. Now it's probably turning into a rational fear. But things like fear of death, fear of failure, fear of being alone, fear of the future, are all fears which I call learned fears. And we'll get into that in a minute. But the consciousness that we have around these fears is very important. So here's an idea. Get out a list, get a piece of paper, and make a list of your top ten Fears. Which, What really bothers you? What if something happened to you and it didn't involve physical violence or physical trauma? What are the fears that you have that cause you to panic, cause you to suffer, cause you to stay up late at night? And I think you'll find that a lot of your fears are actual uh, irrational. They're imagine, imaginatory, and they're not real. So take some time and meditate on these fears and find out which ones are real and which ones aren't real. And then try to remember where you decided to be afraid of that. Because I can, you know, most babies are not afraid of losing their jobs. They are afraid of not being fed. They're not, they are afraid of being alone or being abandoned. They need attention. They need comfort. They need nourishing. So when we look and reflect and meditate on our lives, you may find that certain events happen that created a fear in you that may be bothering you now and causing your life to be out of control. So take that list and meditate on it and find out what is controlling your life. Now, some of the... Uh, list of that, listed up from the teenagers, had some very real fears that are, bother most people, most adults, that most people don't think of. One is fear of love. One is fear of poverty. Another is fear of rejection and abandonment. Another is fear of success. Another is fear of emotions. Fear of people seeing who you really are or not seeing you at all. Now, all of these fears are irrational fears, but I can promise you that a lot of people are suffering today because they have these fears. So we have to look at these kinds of fears and to understand them and and to see when do they come up in our life so that we can start taking control of our life back. And so we don't spend our time afraid. We don't spend all of our time anxious. We can get a good night's sleep, and we can decide when and where and how long we're afraid. As I said earlier, my parents were definitely afraid of losing their money. And that's a a learned fear. That's something that you discover after you've been trained to be afraid of losing your money because most children don't even know what money is. Most teenagers probably start learning what money is because of what it can buy them. But most people aren't afraid of losing their job or losing their money until they're an adult. So you have to look at, why am I afraid of that? And what can I do to overcome that irrational fear? So when we come back from the break, I'm going to give you some strategies, some tips and suggestions on how to deal with irrational fears like the fear of losing your money or the fear of losing your loved one or the fear of losing your job. And turn these into positive events in your life so that you can break the cycle of fear. So this is Get Real Radio. We're going to take a quick break and we'll uh, be talking with you in just a few minutes. So stay tuned and thank you for listening. We'll be right back. and protecting your private, personal data from government intrusion. Tune in to Libertarians Working For You with Arvind Vora, weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety.
1: Are you experiencing a relationship or a relation slip? Without the carefully measured balance of spirit and ego, it might not be what you want it to be. On Relation Slips with Dr. Bobby Summer and Lori Lynn Mann, we'll explore relationships from two unique ends of the spectrum. In addition, we'll have amazing guests, both experts and celebrities, and we'll hear from you, too. Relation Slips can be heard live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. How do you achieve the utmost success in your life, career, faith, relationships, and more? It's all here in the business of living with host Scott Ventrella. Scott has experience as an executive coach, sought after speaker, and lecturer. He and his guests will offer practical solutions and strategies to help you move to the next level of success no matter where you are in your life and career. The Business of Living airs live every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
2: We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio
1: Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. you are listening to get real radio with james robinson we'd love to hear from you please call in to 1-866-472-5788 that's toll free 1-866-472-5788 or send an email to mr.jamesmedia at gmail.com that's mr.jamesmedia at gmail.com now back to the show
2: Welcome back to Get Real Radio and I'm your host James Robinson and today we're talking about the emotion of fear and in the first segment we talked about the difference between a rational valid fear and an irrational emotional and mental fear. So when we left off at the last segment I was talking about some of these irrational fears that can actually ruin our life such as the fear of losing our money, The fear of not getting what we want, the fear of losing a loved one, the fear of life in general. And what I want to do is talk about various ways that we can manage these fears, that we can turn them and transform them into a positive process in our life. Now, the first one is money. Now, I grew up in a family that had lots of money. But my parents were raised in the Depression, and even though they had a lot of money, they were constantly afraid that they were going to lose it and be like all of those people that were desperately poor, and they didn't want to be desperately poor. So for the rest of their life, they did everything they could to guard their money. My father, I can remember my father looking at his, sport, his stock portfolio every day and and checking to see how much he was worth because he didn't want to be poor. And when the stock market went down, he would panic. And conversely, when the stock market went up, he was very happy. But he was they were very concerned with their social status. They were very concerned with their worth, net worth. And so the question is, Why were they so afraid of money? And what do you do if you have this fear of not having enough money or not being able to pay your bills or not having as much money as you want? What I discovered was that money has absolutely nothing to do with your emotions. They're just not the same thing. Now, a lot of people will look at very wealthy people and say, I wish I was like that. But the truth is, is that that wealthy person could be just as gut-wrenching scared of losing their money as everybody else. And so having money might make their life more comfortable, but it does absolutely nothing to stop the fear. So the fear has nothing to do with how much money you have. So what do you do about the fear? Well, in my instance, it was something that I don't recommend. And that is, I joined a cult group, and I was with a spiritual leader who I totally believed in. And whenever he said, I want you to take your money and go uh, spend it on that, I would do it. And so I ended up spending all my money, as I was directed to do, And then the spiritual leader kicked me out of the cult. And so there I was. I had no money. I had no uh, social contacts. I had to completely start over. Now, that was a very cathartic way to lose my fear of losing all of my money. And I can promise you that it was very painful. And the sleepless nights, the blood pressure problems, everything else I experienced with uh, the physical reactions to being in that situation was horrible. But I did learn some things through that process because I have come back. I didn't give up. I didn't curl up in a little ball and die. What I did was... So I looked at the situation. I said, okay, what can I learn from this? Obviously, I decided that I was never going to put my money or give my money or disempower myself to anyone ever again. That's good advice for anybody. What I did was to simply do breathing exercises that I'm going to recommend to you in a minute. And focus on the good things that were happening in my life rather than focus on the fact that I temporarily didn't have any money. What this allowed me to do was to get enough oxygen to my brain to allow me to just do the next step. And sometimes the next step was simply to get up in the morning and try to read something that was positive, try to find an inspirational quote, doing, looking in the mirror and telling myself that I was a successful person and nothing was wrong and everything was going to be okay. The thing I r- realized was, and because I, I know a lot of wealthy people who come to me to ask me how to be happy, the thing you have to, like I said before, is that money and wealth have absolutely nothing to do with how you feel about yourself and you feel about your life. So what do you do? One thing you can do is simply sit down and meditate on the fact that money is has nothing to do with your happiness. And you can sit there and imagine that this fear is somewhere in your body. Try to imagine what shape it is. Try to imagine where it's in your body. Is it heavy? Is it light? Is it solid? Is it liquid? Is it gaseous? Where is it? What does it feel like? And then imagine that you, or you take that out of your body and simply throw it into a fire. And you can watch it burn and burn up. The thing is, money, there's nothing wrong with money. It's the attachment to money that causes us pain. It's the need for money that causes us pain. It's the illusion that we need money to be successful or to have friends or to be loved. That's what gets us in trouble. Because we are trained by our society that if you don't have money, then you're a loser. That's the training that I got in my family growing up. And so the fear of losing money is much worse than not having any money. It's the fear of the unknown that's so painful. Because re- whether you have money or you don't have money is irrelevant. What's relevant is are you afraid? of not having it. Because if you're afraid of not having it, you're either not going to have it or you're going to lose it. That's just the way the universe works. So be grateful for what you have. Be grateful for your friends. Be grateful for your health. Be grateful that you're, if you're listening to this show in the United States, be grateful you live in the United States, which is one of the greatest places in the world to live. Be grateful that you have family or friends. And even if you don't, be grateful for yourself because you are a gift of the universe to this planet and you cannot be replaced. Just meditate on these things and you will find out how quickly your need for money disappears. Because I can attest to the fact that I survived for months and months with no money. And because I didn't self-destruct, because I didn't lose my ability to think and to have confidence in myself, and I didn't beat myself up every waking moment, and I didn't blame myself for what happened. I just simply said, okay, what do I do next? And things always work out. Now, another example of a pervasive, irrational fear is the fear of love. Now, what does that mean? One of the things, one of the most challenging, scary, and rewarding things I have ever found in my life is to be vulnerable, to open up my heart, and to love another person no matter what. And I can tell you that having been divorced twice, it's been a rocky road. Yes, loving somebody is scary. And the reason it's scary is because you're giving something of yourself, you're opening up your heart, you're being vulnerable, and you're afraid that the other person is not going to like you. You're afraid that the other person is not going to love you. But the reality is that it's you that doesn't love you. If you are afraid that somebody else is not going to love you, that is the clear indication. And the fear is telling you that you don't love yourself enough. Because if you love yourself enough, it doesn't really matter what anybody else does. What you are looking for is that feeling of self-validation. You're looking for that feeling of self-worth. You're looking for that self-love. And just like the word says, the only place you're going to find that is in yourself. Go ahead and open up. Go ahead and get in a relationship. Go ahead and give yourself and give that other person everything you have. And if they leave you, that's great. You have given them the gift of yourself. And there will always be somebody that you can give the gift of yourself to. And I say this on this program many times, and that is if you're really in a bad place, go help somebody else. Because that's where our true strength lies. That's where our true self-validation lies. That's where our self-worth comes from, is helping somebody else. That's the way that this universe is designed. And we can sit there and take, you can take as many Law of Attraction courses as you want. You can sit there and take all of the courses on how to make money that you want. You can take all the courses on flipping Las Vegas that you want. But the thing is, until you start helping somebody less fortunate than yourself, you are always going to suffer. You cannot feel safe. You cannot feel worthy. You cannot feel loved until you help somebody else. And sometimes I I say that over and over and over again, but I, I know that I can't say that enough. That's where our, our feeling that we are worthy comes from, is being able to help somebody else. One of the problems that we have in this culture, in our society, is that we measure our success by what we get from outside of ourselves. We measure our success by the things we own, We measure our success by the people that are around us. We measure our success over how popular we are. And that is probably one of the worst measures of success. And it actually is not a measure of success at all. The true measure of success is how do we feel about ourselves? And our true measure of success is how do we feel about ourselves when things don't go the way that we expect them to go or how do we expect things to go or how we want things to go. You know, one of those things, those sayings I love to say is life is what happens when we have something else planned. So what is it that causes the fear when things don't go the way that we want them to? So we have to sit with it. If, we're, if things aren't going the way that we want them to go and we're feeling afraid, once again, we just have to sit down and get quiet and look at what is causing this fear. Is somebody about to kill me? Most of the time, no. Is there a saber-toothed tiger or a dinosaur knocking at my door? Most of the time, the answer is no. If I don't get that date, if I don't get, uh, if my spouse is arguing with me all the time, uh, if I'm unhappy in my relationship, am I going to die? Most of the time the answer is no. So why would any of those things cause us to be afraid? If it's not life-threatening, why are we afraid? And that is because we're trained to be afraid. We're trained to feel like we're a loser. We're trained to feel like we're not worthy. We're trained to feel that we are doing something wrong. And we're trained to feel like we are not worthy. And that is such a shame because there are so many children out there today that desperately need our love and our support and our nurturing and to be told that they are a success whether they're first in their class or last in their class, whether they get picked first on the athletic field or they're the last person to be picked, they all need the same thing. And that is that they need to be told that they are loved and that they are worthy and that they do not have to be afraid. Because we heap these expectations on ourselves. We heap these belief systems on ourselves that cause us to be disappointed when things don't go our way, and that's irrational. One of the things that we can change about our mindset is that instead of saying things aren't going my way, things, we can think, well, things are going in a different direction, so let me turn in that direction. Because think of it as if you're going around the curve and you don't turn the steering wheel, what's going to happen? You're going to hit the guardrail. You're going to run into a ditch. You may run off a cliff. And so those bumps in the roads that we, you know, the metaphor, the bumps in the road, the fear, the shakiness, the upside-down feelings, what we fear, are actually the what is the way our bodies are designed to react when we have left the road, when we have left the path. So maybe we need to change directions and not stop, because the road is where the road is. If you run off the curve into the bank or whatever, you can't sit there and say, I expected the road to be perfectly straight my entire life. And it's somebody's fault that that road wasn't perfectly straight. But yet, that's what we do. Because when our something happens that we weren't expecting, what do we do? We we feel like a victim. We feel like somebody's or something has been done to us. And instead, it's just simply we weren't following the road. We weren't paying attention. One of the problems I, I find over and over again when I talk to people that ask for my counseling, is that they have these hidden agendas, and it's all locked up in their subconscious mind. They think that life has got to be a certain way. They're supposed to have a white horse. They're supposed to have a suit of shiny armor. They're supposed to have the corner office. They're supposed to have the beautiful wife or the handsome husband. They're supposed to have perfect kids, and they're supposed to live a life of ease and comfort. Well, guess what? I haven't met that person yet. So, when we talk about living with our fears, we have to understand that we're talking about how do we deal with life as it organically evolves and unfolds. Have you ever seen any plant that grows in a perfectly straight line. Have you ever seen anything organic that grows in a perfectly straight line? Only when uh, they're restrained and forced to grow in a perfectly straight line. In nature, things are always moving. They're always going in different directions. That's how we know we're alive. And so... When we have the opportunity to experience an event that wasn't expected, that actually is a growth experience. What happens if you're in a relationship and you have some secret set of rules on how people are supposed to behave and they don't behave that way? Fear causes us to constantly observe that person, to watch them like a hawk, to decide whether they're living up to our secret rules and expectations, which are, in fact, created by fear. And so we're being super vigilant, and we're watching them for any sign, any evidence that they're not living up to the artificial rules that we've created and probably didn't even tell them existed. What? Just imagine this for a second. Instead of believing that anybody should a, behave in any particular way, if they loved you, in other words, what if you just dropped all expectations of that person and simply live in a space where you say, It doesn't matter what the other person does. I love them anyway. And there's nothing they can do to lose my love. Do you think that you would lose your fear of losing that relationship? Do you think that you would lose your fear of being hurt or abandoned? If you practice this, if you sit there every morning and just say, I am going to love everyone that I come in contact with today and I am not going to have any expectations about what's going to happen. Whatever happens is just fine and dandy with me. How do you think your day would go? I think you would find that life would become pretty easy And less, uh, you would experience less suffering. When you're dealing with fear, you have to understand it doesn't really matter why you're afraid. It's good to know why, because then you can work on the source of that fear. And you could come out of it uh, stronger, with more experience, and knowing how to deal with life's twists and turns. But the very first thing you have to let go of is why you're afraid. In order to deal with fear, just don't worry about why it's happening. Why is it there? What you have to look at is look for the lesson. One one thing that we forget to do when we're hyperventilating and we're and our heart is racing and our blood pressure is blowing our head off, is why are, what is the gift of this fear? What is it trying to tell us? Are we afraid uh, in a relationship because we're going to lose it? Well, that's probably telling you that you are doing something that you need to change. If we're afraid of a relationship or if we're afraid of losing somebody else, We're afraid of losing ourselves. So turn that around. Go look in the mirror and look at yourself and say, what am I afraid of? And then be quiet. Sometimes it's very helpful if you go to someone who has been through a similar situation and ask them how they got through it. Sometimes it's helpful to talk about your problems and your fears with somebody that you trust. But I would caution you that this is not a time to just simply go looking for sympathy. Because if all you're doing is telling your story over and over and over again and trying to get sympathy, that's not going to help you. One of the best ways to deal with fear is to simply sit down and meditate about it. Focus on your breathing and let it go. Now finally, look at how you're talking at yourself. Because if you talk to yourself in a positive way, you will be able to break through the fear. If you're talking to yourself in a negative way, it's going to be very difficult to get through it just keep saying i am safe i am safe i am safe so if you need any uh, more help with dealing with the emotion of fear please go to my website jamesgrayrobinson.com or contact me and i'll be happy to have a session with you um, the thing is is that this is you know we're all in this together no one is alone this is get real radio thank you for listening I'm your host, James Robinson, and we look forward to being with you next week.
1: Thank you again for tuning in to Get Real Radio with James Robinson. Please join us again next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. This week, open up your heart and look inside your spiritual self.